Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this belated week's episode of our Resistance Recap. We are sorry that we're late, <laughs> but Charlotte and I both had like busy, like the busiest weekends. <laughs> so yeah. unfortunately, we could not watch. I didn't get to watch Resistance until like Tuesday or something, and I was beside myself. <laughs> I know. Like, who are you? I know. It was not great. I was on a family trip this weekend, and uh they are not star wars people as you all know and i could not step away to watch resistance and i was very sad (laughs) yeah i feel like each time we cover a show it always comes like we always have like just a couple of weeks throughout the like the season where it's like we get off schedule and it it like it hurts me (laughs) because i'm like oh my god we need to be on schedule we need to be on schedule but i know uh so thank you guys for bearing with us and Mm -hmm. speaking of schedules i know everyone's kind of talking about the mandalorian now because we got that new trailer on monday and it's coming soon like we have under two weeks until disney plus is here which is like insane but i'm so excited cannot wait to rewatch rebels oh my god (laughs) i like i want to take off a day of work just to do that but i'm not going to don't worry i think it's so funny i i think that rebels might be my favorite animated show but charlotte is always like no, like Clone Wars is our favorite show. But then she cries at literally everything that we see from Rebels. Rebels starts the tears like no other. I, I don't know what, like anything that we see Rebels on our timeline that's like, like Charlotte, you started crying when you saw the ghost in the... Yeah, what was that? She was affected <laughs> for like hours afterwards after seeing the ghost. <laughs> yep. It's like... <laughs> Rebels does yes. something to us, and I really do. I'm excited to rewatch it too, and I think I think it might be my favorite. It's just hard because like Clone Wars just held; they both hold such a special place yeah. in my heart. I can't pick favorites. I can't pick any favorite. I know. I just I like the thing is it's like Rebels on a whole. Like there's so many different things about Rebels that make me cry, and like a, I'm emotionally connected to this. But like Anakin and Ahsoka make me cry the hardest. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But that's just, like, one piece of Clone Wars, you know what I mean? Whereas, like, the whole of Rebels hits me emotionally hard. Right. But Same. Anakin and Ahsoka hit me emotionally harder than all of Rebels. It's very confusing. They're different shows. They are different off. shows. So I think you're right. Like Clone, Wars, Clone Wars sometimes functions as an anthology where you can pick up an, a certain arc at a different time where Rebels feels like a complete piece. That you can put on and yourself. Yes, that you can put on a show. Oh, my God. We I know, Caitlin, you haven't shared this yet. Oh, my God. Hold on. Guys, I need to pause and find this immediately. You guys are going to be shook. I can't believe we didn't share this on the last episode. I thought that you were going to. I, I was waiting there for you a, was this to, in the, and then I was just like, okay, we'll probably just bring it up another time. What um what show notes are those in? So if you guys have listened to the trailer analysis or our trailer reaction, you know that for my birthday, I got the Star Wars Archives book, the big one by Paul Duncan, you know, like the size of a small child. And I was really super excited about it. And I came across an amazing quote from George Lucas in it that I sent Charlotte. And I was like, you are not going to believe your eyes. Okay, but you have to preface it with, if you're new to our show, you know that I always talk about how Rebels is a complete story and how Rebels is something that I I'm I was happy, which is like, I know sacrilegious, I was happy that it, it was ending after four seasons because I was happy that Dave could get his own ending on his own terms. And obviously this was before Clone Wars returned and that it feels like a story that feels so unique and complete and it feels like a book that I can just put on a shelf and like refer to whenever I want because it's a complete yeah. story and I always say this whole like book <laughs> literally metaphor. every time if you go back this all grew from when we did our fulcrum files which was when we covered the last season of rebels on the show back in 2018 so that obviously is still up so if you're interested in that that's really where this put it on a shelf thing kind of grew from and we started making fun of it then and continue to do so today and it should be on our next edition of sky talkers bingo but you like it's funny, but it's also true what you say. So I'm just like flipping through this massive book and I come across this quote from George Lucas. Quote, 
Star Wars is a book. I look at the movies as three chapters in a book. I have made the last chapter, Return of the Jedi, and put the book on a shelf. <laughs> Whether or not I'm going to write another book, I have to decide. <laughs> you put, put the, the book on a shelf, guys. You put guys. the original trilogy on a shelf. <laughs> There's a shelf, and Rebels is on it, and so is the original trilogy. <laughs> I, According to George. This is, I, I think I found this at like 1 o'clock in the morning after trailer pandemonium, and I was like, beside myself laughing i was too i was like i, I honestly can't, can't believe, believe either that. so it's so funny i wish i had a page reference but i don't but just know that it's in there and uh what can i say like a sky talkers man we're just on the same wavelength as George. i know it we really so are <laughs> anyway the whole point of this like deluge is the fact that Mando is coming. We're all excited and we're going to do a recap show that will honestly, because the episodes are an hour, I feel like they're going to be quite meaty. I just don't know how soon after each episode that our our analysis episodes will come out, but hopefully it's within the, the week or mm-hmm. a little bit after. Yeah. Basically, I just want to say that if you at all were worried that like Mandalorian would take priority and Resistance would take a back seat in our conversations because I know that everyone listening is you guys have been such huge supporters of the show and our like basically these one-off episodes we do every weekend for resistance that I just want to assure you that like these are still happening and resistance is still important and we have to see how the show ends we cannot wait to continue yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah I it. think we're gonna try really hard to make sure resistance is priority because this show is just so special and it really does deserve the world um but That being said, I think in the time leading up to the rise of Skywalker, I it's the best guess of anyone what Skytalker's schedule is going to (laughs) be, honestly. (laughs) So just know that we will be covering Resistance with its own episodes and Mandalore with its own episodes, as well as Trost coverage. When and how any of that comes out, I do not know. I do Who not knows, know, man. But just know <laughs> that it will be coming at one point or another. <laughs> Weekly coverage will happen. Like, of something. It's, you're going to get like so much Sky Talkers that you're going to be yeah, sick of us. Like, but no more, please. at the same time, Caitlin and I are like, what's our schedule? It's all coming. What? We made a, we made a, <laughs> we made a list the other day of Charlotte made this like wish list of podcast episodes. And I was like, before 2020, like, <laughs> And I was like, Charlotte, that's really great. Like, I'm totally on board. Here are my opinions, like my suggestions. Like, let's put on a list. Dot, dot, dot. When do you think we're going to do these? (laughs) (laughs) Between like Resistance, Mandalore, and the Rise of Skywalker. And she's like, I don't know. We're gonna. (laughs) (laughs) It's happening. Like, I want to do these when. Like, we cannot. Like, we'll just like live our lives podcasting. I had a, we are doing these. This is a dream and this is like probably not going to happen. We can wait until 2020 type of list. Yeah, yeah, but it was, it was funny. I was listening to one of our, one of our speculation episodes or something like that. And it was back in like March, you know, before, like as we were approaching the precipice of the free fall into Star Wars void. And now we're like running on air. Right. And um, we're like, if we could be like, what if we Star Wars would just pay us a full time podcast at the end of 2020? That would be so great. And it was like, yep, we're at that point now. <laughs> it's like full time podcasters. Yeah, exactly. With full time jobs. <laughs> With full time jobs. So, uh, Lucasfilm at Skytalkers Pod on Twitter or Skytalkers Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> anyway. But we are here to talk about this week's episode of Resistance, belatedly, but we are here nonetheless. It was titled The Hunt on Selzor 3. Definitely said that wrong. It was written by Sharon Flynn, and it was directed by Brad Rao. These are two names that are unfamiliar to me. No, we've seen, I'm pretty sure we've We've seen seen Brad Brad, before. But I don't think we've seen Sharon. I don't think we have either. So welcome. Welcome, Welcome, Sharon. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so if you're new to this show, in part one, we give our highs and lows. In part two, we're going to be talking about the story. In part three, we talk about characters. So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Okay, welcome to part one, where we are discussing our highs and lows of the episode. And honestly, I don't remember who went first last time. 
Uh, so I'm going to go first. Okay, go first. <laughs> and we actually, both of us are going to go first because we both have the same high. Yeah, that's um, good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, my high and Charlotte's high was Niku's moment at the end of the episode. It was so precious. <laughs> it, was it was so good. It was It was so, just so pure. It really was. It really, you know, you know, I'm ready to just completely ditch that whole Nico as the first order spy thing because this just like warmed my cold, dead heart. It's <laughs> 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 great. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, I, it just came as like such a sweet little surprise and was nothing I would have, like it was so unexpected. It was a surprise. It was just really great. I knew he was up to something because I was really worried that he was actually going to leave. And it like it didn't seem like him to be like, you know what? That's a good idea. I'm going to go. I was like, wait, no. He prioritizes friendships over most things, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was happy to see, you know, him presenting the light at the end. Oh, my God. It's just so good. It's so <laughs> it was, perfect. It was really cute. And you can tell it meant a lot to everyone on board. And it was really nice. And I like, too, how it's like the difference like even again like I I love the animation of resistance and the way that you can tell it's a screen like it's a projection or not projection but it's a screen on the sides of the colossus and how like that light interplays differently than just like the blackness of space and I thought it was really well done Um, yeah me too I like it a lot it also just like it highlights how we are now entering despite this episode being very bright because we were on an ice moon I feel like we are season two is much darker, much more black and white toned than season one, which was really playful, really colorful, bringing in the I mean, I I, I hate to talk about this this way, but it really was like for kid friendly eyes, like really colorful, really splashy and really approachable. And I think that resistance continues to do that. I mean, the costumes are so um, colorful, colorful and everything. But I do think that we're now that we're in space, like the colors just feel so grim sometimes. And I think that resistance is acknowledging that by being like, see, I'm sure you like the people in the classes miss the colors. So did we. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah, it is such a contrast. Um, I really like it. I love seeing the classes in space. Yeah, so do I. I'm not saying it in a negative term. It's just that's how it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Um, It was really nice. Anyway, gold star for Niku. Right. Right right in the last moment, he came and stole our number one high. (laughs) Yeah, so good. So good. It was just a really good way to end the episode. And spoiler alert, this was definitely not my favorite episode, but this moment was definitely a standout and one that I'll probably remember for like the entire – I just feel like this one will stick with me. Mm-hmm, definitely. Okay, so because we both had two highs in the beginning, my second high is I just really loved the snowsuits. And it really just brought me back to all the snowsuits we would get in the Clone Wars. And I can't remember if we got any snowsuits in Rebels, but the snowsuits in the Clone Wars feel like slightly iconic to me with Padme in that suit and then also in the Ahsoka's. original 2D yes Ahsoka is perfect the original 2D Clone Wars uh, one of Padme's outfits that got like produced a lot in toys and mannequins and things like that was Padme in the snowsuit so I'm just I don't know it, it brings me back to that time and I'm sure that things like that were referenced when they were doing this art yeah, the snowsuits were really cute. I loved <laughs> Kaz having no hair and like just his face with the fur around <laughs> it. It was, just, it was really fun. <laughs> yeah. A question I had that I don't know to the the answer to is: Do we know Taurus markings on her face? Are, are they like makeup or are they like her? You know what I mean? That's a good question. I feel like. There's probably an answer somewhere in some yeah. sort of visual dictionary, maybe it, like an article in Star Wars Insider or something. But I am more inclined to think that they're a tattoo or a paint rather yeah. than like her skin. She was born with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do think that she's human and her having those would make her not human. But I'm not sure if that – I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's a good I just, question. I just found myself thinking about it today because I was like, man, that's like some – really hardcore waterproof makeup she's got <laughs> only the best for her it really can stand the test of 
all the elements right <laughs> and space <laughs> um i love i love Taurus markings i think I think there's no like I would love to cosplay Tora just so I could do those markings. <laughs> I know she's has such a cool costume. Yeah, because they're so fun. Um, yeah, the snowsuits were really cute, and I just I loved Kaz and Tora being a team. Um, my second high was Tora throughout this episode. It was just great to see her in action. I feel like she hasn't been super center stage since the first episode of the season, so it was great to have her literally back in the pilot seat for this episode, and she's just always right. <laughs> Sonara, too. This was a big episode of, like, listen to women. <laughs> Um, because they were both incredibly right. And I love how defensive Tora was of her father and also how she, you know, because all of last season, you know, Tora was very much like wanting to do more and like willing to rebel against her father. But she wasn't like, she wasn't in that position yet. But now things have changed. They're in a new situation. And she can go up to her father and be like, we need to do this. Like, you need you need representation on this mission with the pirates. And I'm going to go and do that for you. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. <laughs> you know? Whereas last season, he definitely wouldn't have done that. And um, I just – I loved Tora throughout and her ideas and the – like – her and Kaz just make such a good team and I really enjoy when they're together and kind of playing off of each other because Kaz of course is our main character and he has a lot of gumption and a lot of skill now but Tora Tora just like gets things done (laughs) totally okay so my low is this was my least favorite episode of Resistance which like I love Resistance so it's still enjoyable still was like I really wanted to watch this episode and obviously I really liked that Niku moment and everything but I just had a lot of questions about it um I found myself kind of drifting away in some of the parts and like checking my phone and stuff and that was a feeling I hadn't honestly ever felt with Resistance because it it feels so fast-paced and everything but Maybe it was just my like disinterest in like the pilot the pirate's motive or it felt a little predictable to me. And I was talking with you about this, Caitlin, before we recorded, but I don't know if like maybe I'm just too close to the text for that understanding of like maybe it's predictable because yeah, we talk about it for like hours on end and it's not just an easily digestible Star Wars TV show. I I just I don't know how to feel about that. I also just, if you guys listened to our last episode, I was, which a lot of people have uh, sent me, I was a little, you know, confused by the lack of almost environmentalism message in the last one and the fact that they really wanted to kill the creature in that and then they got away and the creature didn't die. And I was like, thank God the creature didn't die. And here we have this whole (laughs) um, episode all about killing the creature for meat. And it just felt really out of place. Uh, I get it. Because, of course, I do, because I do get that the Colossus is, you know, going through space with no means for anything because we've been talking about that for a couple of episodes now. And it's just like a huge question mark. But it was just strange to me that we would return to this planet. And after we have an episode like Bebo that really emphasized the like the human nature of monsters, here we are figuring out how to kill. And there's like there was like there was no humanity there for it. Where even when the creature did die and the the cannon worked, et cetera, the, you know, Kaz like closes his eyes and he wakes up and you get this like kind of grotesque shot of the dead creature. I don't know. I just was like, it did not sit well with me and it just did not feel right with how I had thought of resistance in the past, I guess. Yeah, I this episode didn't bother me as much as I think it did a lot of people in regards to that. I completely understand what you're saying, like, especially when you compare it to the Bebo episode and and to a lot of the things that we saw in Rebels and even some things we saw in Clone Wars. It doesn't really match that. But then at the same time, you're right, like these people are out in space. They got to (laughs) eat and nowhere has it ever been implied that like they're all vegetarians or something. You know what I mean? Um, It's just I don't know if this was the best use of our time with resistance. Yeah. Like I was thinking about this earlier and last season felt like such a pressure cooker 
And I haven't really gotten that vibe from this season. I really enjoyed it so far. But I think I'm with you. Like, this has been probably my least favorite episode. But I haven't really gotten that vibe yet. And I think I expected to feel a lot more tension this season so far um, with, like, where they're going, where the resistance is, da 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 And I haven't necessarily felt that. But then we spent a whole episode, like, basically gathering resources. And I think, like, it would have been more not enjoyable, but... I don't know if they had come across like a settlement or another ship or something that they had to go and get food from there rather yeah. than like seeing this creature die. Um, yeah. Even if like what they're eating was meat. I think that you bring up such a good point because I was just thinking about if I were to do it differently, how would I do it? And it would be exactly what you just said, presenting this moral dilemma of would the pirates mercil- like mercilessly kill like settlers to get – Mm-hmm. like resources or would you actively barter with them to gain allies in the resistance that's what yeah. i would do and that's what i would write but i don't and i i just don't know so much stuff with resistance where i'm like where we talk about the episode after it airs and then you don't get the full picture because you don't get like the full understanding of like what's to come mm-hmm. literally the best example is last episode i was like at least i didn't kill it and here we have <laughs> I'm killing it. <laughs> or it's like, oh, maybe I would have felt felt differently about last episode's path. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel yeah. like uh, maybe that will come up later and it will like demonstrate a little bit more about like this uh, dichotomy and like division in between the pirates that live on the Colossus and people like Kazantora, mm-hmm. which I think th- this episode was really trying hard to demonstrate where it was like actually – Tam and Kaz know what they're doing and the pirates were just like their eyes were like filled with money you know what I mean I don't know yeah. what, what the metaphor is there I, yeah, I'm not really sure like what happened in this episode as far as like progressing our characters or our story um I don't really think that we had that as much in this episode like even like my big hang up was like at the beginning when they're all kind of arguing with Doza it was like their problem wasn't that they had been kidnapped it was that like they weren't outside (laughs) yeah and I was like is that really what we're focusing on here like all of you are upset that you're not outside not that like the first order is after you that like you've been absconded (laughs) (laughs) and again I found myself thinking of like who owns the Colossus? How does he own it? How are all these people on it? Like, why is Joseph so worried about all of them leaving? Right. <laughs> why is he trying to get them to stay? I was like, shouldn't they, like, be presented with a choice? They're like, we're going to dock at the station and, like, you can leave if you want to. And I, I remember, like, Yeager, which, again, we we're back in Joseph's office. Did you see the tree? Of course. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, which I love Dose's office in The Darkness of Space. I think it's so ominous. It really sets like it works for his, his setting. Um, but Anika is like, if you let them all like if you let them leave and the First Order finds them, do you want their blood on your hands? And I was like, that's a really heavy statement (laughs) for Doza. And also, I was like, well, the First Order had already infiltrated the Colossus. Like, they got them off the Colossus at the end of the last season. So, like, the First Order was already there. And secondly, like, why – like why are these people Doza's responsibility? I see like the point of them, like of him being responsible for the Colossus. And like, if people are on the Colossus, like he needs to – have like food and supplies for them and stuff but i guess i just don't understand like what they're doing right now like are they looking for the resistance is doza a part of the resistance like has he pledged himself to the res- like so far all i know is like kaz <laughs> is definitely with the resistance like it's i guess yeager is now and i thought that at the beginning when we had that scene with Ansi and the pirates and kaz and Tora in her bar and the pirates were like, well, I could do that for you. I was like, oh, we're definitely going to get like all these dynamics of people, of these groups, like, fr- uh, like the friction between them all. And yeah. we didn't really because Kaz and Tora just watched them fail with the planet and then they left and then that was it. <laughs> and then Kaz and Tora like did it themselves. Um, yep. They didn't have like a moment where they all came together or they like actually – uh, 
got in the way of each other. Like I know Captain Kragen tells everyone on the Colossus that Torin uh, has gotten in the way of him capturing the beast, but they didn't really. Um, so there wasn't like that kind of tension. And Doza, I don't know, like maybe Doza should have uh, addressed the people about it or something. I don't know. I was just like this. And like, they're so concerned about Aunt Z leaving. And I'm like, why are we so concerned? <laughs> Why, like, why can't she leave? <laughs> also, I was like, why is Taurus so mad about her pet being there? I was like, would she really be that mad? I uh, See, you you put that you in our show notes that you didn't like the escape pet plotline. I thought it was hilarious. I loved having Buggles in the thing with Kaz. And Taurus like, is everything okay over there? <laughs> no, I, I like that. Really funny. I just was – I was surprised when Tora was like, Kaz, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm like – okay like it's your pet I mean, <laughs> yeah why don't, true. <laughs> yeah i'm like maybe you should have like put it in a kennel or something i don't know i was it was i was like this isn't Cass's fault it's not at all Cass's fault yeah that's and true i was like why I, to me it just it didn't make sense even when she started i was like oh Tor-, you know this is going to be one of those experiences when i'm watching resistance and you know we think that uh tor is going to be super mad and they're just going to like for lack of a better term, subvert my expectations and like just kind of glide right into like what actually isn't the conflict, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and like kind of subvert the trope of her being mad at at Kaz. But they didn't do that. (laughs) Instead, it was like, oh, okay, here we go. She's mad at Kaz for why? For why? Yeah, because Buckle (laughs) snuck into his thing. Although I will say, like, there's not a lot of space in the fireball. How did Kaz not notice that Buggles wasn't there? (laughs) Buggles isn't like a, you know, remember Kim Possible, like the naked mole rat? Buggles isn't like a naked mole rat size. He's Rufus. That was his name. He's he's quite large. Um, So I thought that was, was, yeah, you're right. That is kind of frustrating. But yeah, it was like all the people, it was like, I don't know. I miss Tam, too. Like, we've done a lot of back and forth between them, between the, like, Resistance and First Order or the Colossus and the First Order. Um, and I definitely missed that this episode. And this episode, too, could have been an opportunity to show more of, like, Sonara's uh, place in between, like, Kaz and Tora and her pirates. I think it tried to, but I just don't For think like that there second. was... Yeah, I think that it was like, oh, we should do this, and then I just don't think that it was executed properly, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just wasn't quite there. So there definitely were some laughs in this episode, and yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, I'm not like... This This episode didn't like add to the pressure cooker, and, and I think like because of us you and i and like fandom in general our experience mainly with rebels and like quote-unquote filler episodes i feel like we tend we try to be like that that is this a filler nothing is a filler you know i remember dave filoni talking about like all of you said it was filler all of you were wrong (laughs) yeah Um, and i'm like how is this gonna not be filler exactly exactly And and i don't know because i'm like well we didn't go anywhere with the colossus we have food, I suppose, but, like, how long is that going to last? We don't have any more fuel than we had when we started. And, like, Niku gave us a pretty picture at the end, which was amazing and adorable. But we still haven't discussed why, like, if everyone is okay with the plan. Does everyone even know the plan? Is there a plan? There, Like, nothing has progressed, really. Like, the only thing that's different is that now they're all having a meal together. Yep. Yes. So. <laughs> All right. Let's well, talk about the story. Yeah, let's. Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. Okay, so welcome to part two where we talk about the story, even though we just kind of went through the entire thing in our <laughs> low section. <laughs> but here's the question. What's the state of the resistance? Um... Nothing that we know of, anyway. Uh, last the this whole season so far, we've kind of been talking about what kind of indicators we're going to get from Resistance as far as where we are in the timeline, and like we very well could be already past the Last Jedi at this point, but we just don't know. And that's that's kind of what we we're talking about in the last episode. Like we, nothing has really changed from when we first started. Like I don't think. I don't necessarily think like Captain Kragen has learned anything different. I don't think Doza or Auntie has. I don't think Kazatora have. Like they haven't done anything 
to move us literally forward with the Colossus to a new location um, or given us any indication about what's going on with the resistance. So that's all I got. <laughs> I have to say, I think that if we can pivot the, the question to what's the state of the Colossus, I think yeah. that, and perhaps we'll talk about this more in our character section, but we can say here, I think that Doza is really feeling the pressure of being the, like, the head, the 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 main honcho of mm-hmm. the Colossus. And um I think that you could really see it on his face. You can see it in his hair, the fact that he's not wearing a hat, and you could see like the gray. Mm. Um I do think that if if you are missing the pressure cooker aspect, I think that there is a bit of a pressure cooker on Doza to figure out what the heck is going on with the Colossus. And I do feel that pressure and I felt it in this episode obviously because that's the plot of the whole episode is how are we going to feed people on board and make them happy and i just wonder if we're leading to a place where doza feels like the his people on the colossus can potentially turn against him and if he just has mm. no choice but to turn to exclusively the resistance and like i'm just wondering what that sort of division or like what the progression is for the Colossus. I just don't know how it links up with the resistance still. Like, why do they want it? Because of the fueling station? Sure. But are we going to see it in the rise of Skywalker? How is this going to aid the resistance as a whole? And like, at the end of the day, I'm just wondering like, why is the show called resistance? (laughs) I know that's a big question, but I do. I'm, I'm, I am wondering, I'm like, Okay, I mean, so how are we going to get how are we going to join up with the rest of the resistance and like start to understand like the factions that are forming within the resistance to get to that like epic space battle that we see in the Rise of Skywalker trailer? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say the same question about rebels. I know, and rebels answered it by saying that they were rebels like from a, the rebellion. Exactly. And that they were like smaller group that they and we had a couple of episodes of them mingling with the rebellion as as a whole and like Yavin 4 and all these kind of things. And I I don't know. I think that it Rebels was able to address the question of even factions with people like Saul Guerrera um, Mm -hmm. and kind of act as almost like this liaison to understand that dynamic before we went into Rogue One and after Rogue One and everything like that. And I think that Resistance has acted the same with characters like Poe Dameron and everyone coming in and Leia appearing and everything. But I'm just um, kind of waiting now, I guess, now that we're past the, the Force Awakens for truly the Colossuses, because now we're a show about the Colossus. I think before we were a show about Kaz, an undercover spy for the Resistance. And now I think that we're a show about the Colossus and what role it plays in, at least that's what I understand in the resistance as a whole and i'm just not sure if resistance the show is answering that question in the few four episodes that we've gotten so far yeah i I think i have to agree because the i think it's like resistance has always moved really fast paced and that's something we've always really liked about the show and the questions that it's going through right now are all things that it should be going through i think because you're right i think like our question needs to be not what's the state of the resistance right now but what's the state of the colossus because since they've left castellan you know dealing with these things like hyperfuel and all these people on board and needing supplies like those are all good things that the show should be talking about but we're so used to resistance moving so quickly that like now we're on the fourth episode of them dealing with these things that it feels slow yeah. compared to I think the other season of resistance. And honestly, I'm surprised they haven't like docked somewhere else at this point to be like, we're going to like to do some of the things we talked about, like getting supplies. And if you want to leave, you can. Um, I think you brought up a really interesting theory about like the people of the Colossus turning on Doza. Um, I don't know if I see that happening. I could definitely see like factions with the pirates and maybe people joining the pirates and stuff or like the pirates leaving and saying like once they get into like a system or something, like we're out of here and people like going on their ship. I can kind of see that happening. I don't know. Maybe there will be mutiny. Just like everyone on the resistance or on the Colossus is kind of comical in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's hard to me, it's hard for me to imagine them in a mutiny kind of situation. 
but that definitely could happen. Yeah. And like, you're right. I just like, I don't know. I don't know where we're going right now. Um, and I've kind of like how we'll meet up with the rise of Skywalker, if we will. I mean, I've thought my theory has been that like Poe's going to ask the Colossus to go and get supplies for the resistance and to meet them on whatever Pasana Dakar again, or, um, you know, Endor <laughs> Naboo perchance. Um, but that hasn't happened yet. And it's like, okay, like, what are we doing now? Like, we're four episodes in. This is the last season. We've got to get to Rise of Skywalker. Presumably, there's going to be season after the Rise of Skywalker. So, like, what's going on? <laughs> I know. I just didn't mean, to answer that question. And I know that maybe we're supposed to feel this way in the same way that we felt a little bit frustrated by Tam's story and her being excluded from the crew. Yeah. And maybe to like I think that you kind of you you hinted at this in your sentence I think you said like where is the Colossus even going it's like it's true but like the physicality of that is happening in the show about like where is the Colossus even going yeah and I mean I I think that that's true but it doesn't make for a very it makes for a kind of a frustrating experience as a viewer yeah thinking about it now it's like the Colossus is kind of listless right now they don't have a purpose at least not one that's been really talked about. Um, like they're they they have an immediate purpose, right? Of survival, getting fuel, getting supplies, and they have this long term purpose of finding the resistance. And I kind of feel like our tiny plot point, like our our episode plot line, should be fulfilling the first right now, and then, but it should also be having connections and pushing us towards the latter. So, like this episode only handled the first issue which is survival and it didn't really touch at all on our second like season-long plot arc of going towards the resistance or going towards something else if the colossus is not eventually going to meet up with the resistance which maybe it doesn't um and we relied like this just felt so close like closed in this episode and like narrow I suppose. And I feel like with resistance, we have always been our conversation and our analysis, and maybe that's our own bias creeping into how we view this show, has always been like very big picture about where and how it's going to eventually meet up with resistance, uh, with the with the resistance. And you guys know I, I always love that Dave Filoni quote about like his animated characters not acting as footnotes to the bigger story. Um, so I know like maybe that's something we need to be more careful about is not trying to think that because we don't have some way to speculate towards where the show resistance or where the Colossus is going to meet up with the rise of Skywalker that is inherently not as good or it's not like that was a weak point of the episode, if that makes sense. It's so confusing. To it is. To toe this line between yeah. not wanting to be a footnote, but then the the show resistance actually acts like a footnote yeah. within the timeline of the story of the sequel trilogy. Yeah. And, and that's, I, that's something really challenging with this show. Um, so I don't, and like, we didn't even get, I don't know. We didn't even get any more of Kaz's dad. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's so true. <laughs> the thing that I just like, and I've seen this floated around online and I agree where I'm like, what is the theme and what are we really getting at with resistance? The show. And I don't know if I can answer that. I think that they're doing really interesting things with the um, Tam and Kaz dynamic. Mm -hmm. And it's similar echoes of what we see throughout the entire Star Wars saga. And I think that's great because it's so familiar to us and understanding, you know, walking a path of like righteous choices versus uh being able to turn back and all these things right we all know this we talk about this all the time on this show but i i'm i'm like is that really the theme is the theme you know uh hope i guess because i think that's always the star wars theme is the theme found family because i don't really feel that in the same way that i have in the past i I, I don't know. I think that each episode has its own particular theme. And I guess that's why I was really frustrated with this episode in the fact that I really saw that, like, love the monster 
theme mm-hmm. in the Bebo episode that was so clear to me. Like that theme was like so hit you nail on the head. And I feel like a lot of the episodes in season one were that way. And I haven't felt that way. Really. Yeah. It's the like theme of resistance. I feel it's going to be something we have to come back to overall once the series is over. Because I think it is hard to pigeon. Resistance kind of sits in this like middle ground. Like, you know, Clone Wars was very big picture. Um, and we had this like very small nuclear family of Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka. And they had like surrounding very important characters to them in that periphery. But that's like that's our that's our core. Mm-hmm. But they're in the midst of this like huge war. And then rebels were in like tight quarters with the ghost family. And that is like, I think the strong that's like the strongest family union, I think, honestly, in all of Star Wars. Yeah. And then resistance is like in this middle ground because like it's very isolated from the bigger war, but we're isolated on the Colossus. But we have a group that is connected, but not at the level that like our rebels family was connected. Um, it's very strange. I, I mean, I like it, obviously, and I'm glad that it's different, you know, and I think I need to like not like Kaz and Tor's relationship does not need to mirror Ezra and Sabine's relationship. Right. And I think that's that's definitely a trap we fall into sometimes with Star Wars. Mm-hmm, is that, Definitely. And I think that it's even kind of reflected in things that Star Wars, like Lucasfilm themselves have produced where they try to do something separate, like Rogue One. And it ends up not being separate at all because it fits seamlessly with the Skywalker saga and includes a Skywalker mm-hmm. or like Solo, which feels it's supposed to be an anthology film. But again, it's a Han Solo movie with Lando. And I feel like it's I don't know. I just think it's it's interesting where I think that often um, perhaps Star Wars will try to do like try to tell a story that's totally separate from the things that we're familiar with, but it always comes back to wanting to relate to those familiar aspects. And I'm not sure that that's such a bad thing. No, not at all. Because I think I think Resistance has kind of been the best example of that, honestly. Even though like this – I feel like we've been really critical of this episode. This and, is like, probably the most critical we've been about Resistance so far. Yeah. So I hope that people are like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I think like we've been critical of this episode and I think in turn it's caused us to like reflect on like where Resistance as a whole is going and like our critique yeah. of the show as a whole. But that being said, like you guys know we like would low-key die for these characters. <laughs> for sure. Um, but like for me, I and like the fact that we're so invested in it knowing the things that we like in Star Wars I think speaks to itself as far as like kind of taking this different path with – our setting and I think like like uh, I'll say it again like the Colossus is the best set piece because it does provide something so different than what we've experienced in Star Wars so far and I think that like that's the not the takeaway but and not even the theme but it's just I don't know the setting it's just a reminder that like the setting that our characters find themselves in is so important to how they interact with each other whether that setting is the Jedi temple or like the tiny itty bitty ghost or something that sits in between which is the Colossus and like how that impacts all of them and how like the ghost is such close quarters so they get to know each other really well and a master and apprentice relationship is as close as it gets. So Anakin and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan all have this very intense bond. And the Colossus is doing like it's an important resource itself. And even though it is an isolated place, it's a big place. And so those relationships are almost like harder to forge, but they're still meaningful and they're still doing meaningful things. And I think it's like it's very interesting. It's going to be very interesting to compare all three of these series once they're all completed, which by next year, they will be, um, right. which is kind of scary to think about. <laughs> <laughs> totally scary. And like, what else is coming? I don't know. I just, I I love Resistance. I think it's so different. And sometimes I enjoy those differences and sometimes I don't. You say that the Colossus is the best set piece in Star Wars. And I agree because of its symbolic implications and everything that we've seen so far. But I guess what I'm getting at is that that has to mean something to the larger story and has to tell me something besides like the cast system that we experienced in season one, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which was pretty basic to me of like someone lives in the high tower. And then if you live at the lower level, like it to me, yeah. 
Yeah, but that wasn't something that we'd seen in Star Wars really explicitly before. Like, I that mean, that's we have where, with Coruscant. Yeah, but like that—that's where our main story is happening. I agree. I agree. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the Colossus is not. <laughs> I'm but like, I just, whoa now, whoa now. <laughs> but I'm saying that it has to reflect somehow in its greater theme that is the ending message of Resistance. I have no doubt that that's going to happen. I just question about what that is. Yeah, I agree. Like the point, like the fact that the Colossus is so important to this show and how its characters function like it has to be going somewhere in the end like the colossus itself has to be mean something kind of big i feel like in this show and subsequently then the things our characters are doing within it will also have a meaningful impact on the galaxy where we are in the timeline right now because they're all like intrinsically attached to this ship and like they're controlling the ship but this episode just like leaves me feeling like I'm floating through space <laughs> and I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting because I think that like I said, the episode the action in the episode is almost reflective of the audience experience, which I think Resistance has done pretty well throughout its run and this is just a particularly frustrating one. Yeah, absolutely. And shows are allowed to have not great episodes. Oh, for for sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's so many not great Clone Wars episodes. Sorry, not sorry. Blue Shadow Virus, <laughs> anyone? Okay, Blue Shadow Virus is entertaining, at least. <laughs> Blue Shadow Virus is entertaining. <laughs> I, I actually really like Blue Shadow Virus. Yeah, I know. I'm like, wait, what the heck? Why are you coming for Blue Shadow <laughs> Virus? <laughs> Blue Shadow Virus. The thing is, I can't even think of the ones I don't like because I just don't watch them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, actually, I don't like the Mon Cala arc where they're like underwater. I don't like that one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, are we ready to move on to part three? Let's do it. Okay, welcome to part three where we're going to be talking about characters. I feel like we don't have a lot to say in this part, honestly, because I don't feel like anyone acted out of character or did something particularly noteworthy or like grew you know it's not like hype last episode (laughs) uh or even like kaz in our first couple episodes or tam like everyone felt kind of like they're doing their thing you know what i mean um but torah and kaz's relationship it's always like i said at the top of the show it's always great to see them on a team up i think you're right though i hadn't really thought about what you said earlier charlotte about it kind of kind of being a little bit of a character for torah to get I don't want to say irrationally angry, but unjustifiably angry at Kaz when, like, that's her pet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he clearly didn't, like, pick Buggles up and put him in the fireball, you know? Um, so that was kind of the only – that was, like, the only kind of character hiccup, I suppose, in this episode. But I did enjoy seeing them, like, try to talk to Aunt Z and, you know, having the pirates apologize to them at the end and – uh, being on the ice planet together. I did enjoy that part of it. Yeah, me too. I think that there's something there, and I don't mean to make everything about shipping, <laughs> but are we like, and every time that Kaz and Tora are paired together, like I can't help but kind of ship it. And I just don't know how I feel about that still. And I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about it. I, I don't know. I'm just like, my brain goes there and I'm sorry about it. I definitely did not get. I've definitely had Kaz and Tora shipper goggles on. Uh, I didn't really get that from this episode, though. I'll be well, honest. That's, that's okay. I don't know what's wrong with me then. <laughs> I just – I always reminded – do you remember, see, like, the opening of season four of Rebels with Ezra? And he's talking to Sabine's dad. And he's like, oh, I'm with Sabine. He's like, but I'm, like, not with her with her. I'm just, like, here with her physically, but not, like, with her emotionally. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs> I remember we were all like, oh, my God, Seb Ezra, rise. <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot then, that that was like a moment. Nothing happened again. And I was like, why did we put that in there? Yeah. Because <laughs> it was funny. Because we were all like, I think everyone in the beginning, like a lot of people were like, oh, I, you know, like I could ship Sabine and Ezra. And then they like really dropped it. And then they're like, okay, like brother, sister, just friends. Like, that's fine. Like we all grew past it. At least I did. And then mm-hmm. season four is like, I'm not with her. When I'm like, not with her, with her. And I was like, oh, I guess I ship it again. <laughs> like automatically. <laughs> And then yeah. it got dropped immediately. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm often reminded of that whenever I think of shipping like Kaz and Tora or Kaz and Tam <laughs> or Kaz and Sonara. 
You know, it's true. Um, let's let's talk about Sonara because, you know, she's great. And I think that there's a further divide that is happening, obviously, which is has been there from the start of her and the pirates. And clearly she's the one with the, you know, the most firm head on her shoulders. She knows what she wants and she knows what to do and she knows who to listen to and she's just a good example like she's just so great and she's such a great character and i'm thrilled that we get more time with her because i do think that her dynamic but with the pirates will potentially act as a further liaison between the like our like resistance group in the show and the pirates who continue to cause like a little bit of issues <laughs> A little you know. bit. <laughs> yeah, this was this is one of those things too where I was like, oh, this is a great opportunity for like the pirates to talk to Sonara, like basically make fun of Sonara for her relationship with Kaz and Tora and talk about where her loyalties lie and stuff like that. Because again, this is like the thing that the Colossus allows for is all of these dynamics to be in constant friction with each other. And I just didn't get that from this episode. And Sonara would have been a great point person to do that with since she was going with them to the ice planet and you know she did you know talk <laughs> when she finally got captain craig into retreat she's like you're not gonna be a captain if you're dead he was like oh, god you're right <laughs> and then <laughs> left <laughs> and the way that they animated captain craig and rolling his eyes was really fun <laughs> um he was like mm -hmm. you can see him kind of weighing it in his head he's like fine true <laughs> um yeah but yeah, she I, I like I love her as this point person between the Colossus, the Resistance, and the Pirates, and um, that wasn't utilized enough in this episode for me because she is always super smart and she always has like oh my god her conversations with Kaz and what was it the second episode have been some of my favorites so far um, where she was the one being like yeah ditch Tam she's like she's out she betrayed you it's done. And Kaz telling her, you know, like, I believe in Tam just like I believed in you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, like it gives her that moment of pause. Um, but that just wasn't there for me this episode. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Captain Doza because I talked about him a little bit, but I do just want to mention again, I think the animation for him made him look so much softer. And I think in a time where last season we were a little bit distrustful of him, I think this is a really good example of how you look at Doza in this episode and you sympathize and empathize with him and you know what struggles he has when before you didn't really understand his past. You didn't know what side he was on. You didn't know who he was working for and he was under the like basic control of the First Order or whatever. And I think now we kind of understand where Doza's coming from, even though he still kind of has this shady past that I really want to know more about. But as an, as an audience member, I look at him now as like the guy who's steering our ship and Tora's dad and someone who can help potentially help the the resistance and I think that the animation style actually ref reflects that and I just find that really interesting because I think that these visual cues are so important for kids watching for adults watching that maybe you don't even pick up on it until it's already in progression yeah I think that's such a good point I hadn't thought of about or remembered really about how distrustful we were of Joza last season. And yeah, we were like, oh, is he the first order spy? Yeah. And every like, episode we were like, what's he going to do? He's, he's so sneaky. <laughs> 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 he's got that Imperial uniform just lurking in his closet, you know, and how I don't really feel that way at all now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think you're right. Like the animation style and just like this uh, situation of crisis has definitely changed my view of him but wouldn't it be a plot twist if that was all wrong and man it would just be so great to see a conversation between like doza and kaz's father where ooh, you know kaz is like, like we're halfway you know we get to a certain point in the season and kaz's father is there and he's like kind of like talking down to kaz and then you like, get this great moment of doza being like no like kaz has saved us and like he's someone that i put a lot of trust in here and mm -hmm. Kaz's father would be like, what? You know? I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, you're right. I, I I, definitely trust Doza now, I think. I'm still a little bit concerned about why he thinks that he needs to keep everyone on the Colossus <laughs> and how he owns it and everything like that. 
he is getting more and more likable. And, you know, thinking about how the resistance is searching for allies too, I wonder if Doza has any Imperial allies that he could maybe contact and that could get us because mm. I really I really hope like there's so many interesting things in this show that have just not gotten time yet and I'm like we the clock is ticking on resistance and like Doza and Yeager's past are so freaking interesting as well as like Griff the resistance pilot who was casually in the empire too and now isn't and everyone's like totes cool with that and like Kaz's father, you know, there's just so many aspects that I find to be the most interesting and haven't been explored yet. And so Doza's past is definitely one of them. Totally. Is there anything else we would like to say about the characters for this episode? Not really. I'm looking forward to future episodes and yeah. um, more time with Sonara. You know, all that jazz. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. For more Tam, to be honest. Very excited for more Tam. Definitely missed her this episode. Like I said, they have been doing kind of the parallel thing for the last couple episodes, and it was really nice and definitely felt the lack of that this time around. Um, yeah. But I think that is going to wrap up this episode. I know that this was not our favorite, but, you know, it happens. And like we said, shows are allowed to have not favorite episodes. And this just happened to be one of them. So we are definitely looking forward to next week. Um, Charlotte and I are actually going to be together this weekend. I'm coming up to Boston and we're going to have a fun weekend. We are hoping that we might be able to record together. Um, That might not happen, though, depending on what we end up doing this weekend. So... Just know the schedule could be off again next week. <laughs> well, I hope it happens, but like you just never know, yeah. honestly, with like Disney XD and or yeah. Disney Now and Xfinity. Like there's a couple different factors that go into this too. Also, like our general well being. Like you just never know. <laughs> general well being. You just never know, Caitlin. You never know. Okay. Well, hopefully our general well being is totally fine <laughs> by Sunday. <laughs> and Disney XD is up and running <laughs> those two qualifiers <laughs> and then we can record resistance either way we will be coming at you next week sometime with a new resistance recap but until then you can find us on twitter which is where we're most active our handle is at sky talkers pod we also have our personal handles mine is at caitlin Plusher or kate losses and <laughs> charlotte's is at clarity and we also have our website skytalkers.com or you can email us skytalkerspodcast at gmail.com and if you like what you hear you can head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. Honestly, reviews make us so happy, guys. Please leave us a review. <laughs> you guys have been so great with yeah. the reviews. I'm astounded. I'm just, Truly. Like, yeah. thank you all for writing amazing, beautiful, really kind reviews. It, like, it helps me want to continue to create content. Yeah, it is just, it's super encouraging and it, I say we say this every week that it really does make our day, but it like honestly does. It does. And it seriously does. It's like there's no other way to say it than like it's nice to know that people enjoy what you're doing. And I hope that doesn't sound self-centered or anything. But it's just nice to know that people enjoy the work that you're putting into something. And we mm-hmm. love podcasting, but it is a thing that we do in our free time. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it does require a good chunk of free time. So, and we obviously we enjoy doing it um, or else we wouldn't still be doing it. So it's nice to know that other people also enjoy it. So this is our way of saying, please leave reviews and thank you, thank you to everyone who has thus far. Um, We really do appreciate it. And if you want other ways to support us, you can also head on over to our Patreon if you're interested in that. Yes. And I want to say a huge thank you to our amazing patrons, Jason, Kathy, Gee, Jennifer, Jessica, Mike, Thomas, Bridget, Shelbo, Joey, James, Kate, Nathan, Sam, Bailey, Eric, Kelly, Neil, Mary, Larry, James, Sarah, Susanna, Z, Cherie, Diana, Becca, Lynn, Katie, Courtney, Amy, Kelly, Jim, Suara, Bradley, Rachel, Lady Vader, Koya, John, Kevin, Josh, Ian, Roz, Lakshana, Candice, Ewan, Tom the Fanboy, Daniel, Heather, Brooklyn, Kimma, Julia, Matthew, Captain Britton, Jackson, Carrie, Jackson, Raphael, David, Ada, Liz, Christian, Nicole, Jonathan, Rachel, Aaron, Brooke, 
Rebecca, Kathy, I Rebel, Kimberly, Vundacast Productions, Christian, Adam, Megan, Courtney, Centara, Thomas, John, Megan, Kate, Matthew, Fernanda, Chell, Manny, David, Claudia, Kate, Lady Valkyrie, Jenny, Blessed Cheesemaker, Danny, Lumpararoo, Patrick, James, Hammy, Neil, The Dorky Diva Show, Megan, Stewart, Kyle, Jennifer, Kels, Chastity, Aliyah, Travis, Katie, Alyssa, Rebecca, Delaney, Angela, Allie, Natalia, Daz, Serene, Shireen, Molly, Amy, Jared, Claire, Brad, Caitlin, Rebecca, Helly, Scott, BJ, Casey, Lauren, Tom, Edith, Kirsty, The Clashing Sabres Podcast, and Chuck. Thank you all so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And as always, until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.